The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Senator Ronan Mullen is with me in studio. I'd talk about a couple of different things. We might talk about uh, Mr. Joe Raleigh in just a moment, uh, Senator. But first, I know you're, you're a member of this um, Iraqis uh, committee that's looking into the issue of assisted dying and yes. whether we should legislate for it in this country. There's two interesting guests today in that regard. Somebody from Dignitas, who people will know here is the, the clinic in Switzerland that offers this service. Uh, and then uh, kind of a Dutch healthcare expert as well, Theo de Boer, uh, who has misgivings about how it has rolled out in the Netherlands. Tell That's me right. about what you heard. Yes, yeah, it was quite a counterpoint. I suppose the man from D- Dignitas was very much focused on choice and rights and, you know, destigmatizing or getting rid of the taboo of suicide. Quite a radical uh, presentation and describing how it works in, in, in Switzerland where it's assisted suicide, where doctors aren't directly involved, but where nonetheless, for example, in the area of cancer, um, the rate of assisted suicides has doubled uh, every five years over the last 20 years and no noticeable reduction in suicide rates. So not good news there. We were putting it to him, but he was quite forceful. He was quite dismissive, actually, of the palliative care professionals here who suggesting they had big egos, more or less telling patients. I say, well, we'll hear from the palliative care people in due course. I'm sure they would say they're they're concerned about the welfare of patients. Like, uh, hospital consultants to have big egos now. Well, I would say that palliative care nurses and doctors, you know, do an awful lot with people in their no, very difficult they, and, moments. And a lot of and their representative groups do have yeah. serious misgivings. Yeah, and there'd be a lot of grateful families for the love and care they got. It was quite holistic, I would say. Professor de Boer was formerly much more supportive of euthanasia than he is now. It'd be my words, but he described really a runaway train situation where in Netherlands now 5% of deaths uh, are are as a result of euthanasia and mostly euthanasia where basically the doctor or a third party does the killing, to be blunt, as opposed to somebody being assisted uh, to end their own life. Um, He was... um, you know, he, he wasn't closing the door on it completely, but he was very kind of nervous of the consequence. He talked about the social effect, people maybe coming under pressure in family situations that there's no way of policing that. So he was kind of saying to us, don't legislate really, even if there were exceptions around the edges where you wouldn't maybe prosecute mm. to the nth degree. Now, those those are my words. But I suppose hanging in the background was the idea of people coming to feel a burden or people being taken advantage of. I mean, if you take that 5% of deaths in the Netherlands, if you were apply that compare that with the Irish population comparing our populations that might be something like well you know over 2,000 deaths a year like that's the equivalent of the increase in deaths each year during COVID on average so this is big stuff I mean we have a long way to go we have to hear from uh, different medical and other perspectives but Mm. it was certainly very interesting today two very different styles very respectful of each other but coming from a very different place ultimately in what they would recommend Yeah listen people would have very very strong views on it um, and lots of other people, I think, kind of confused and 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 kind of thankful maybe for the work of this Oireachtas Committee so that they can think about these things themselves, which is why it is happening. So we're going to talk about it again a little bit later uh, in the show. Um, uh, we'll get a sense of, of, of what both of those... Uh, uh, contributors uh, were offering in terms of a view. Um, while I have you here then, let's mm. talk about uh, something else. Uh, on the show we were covering the, the, the far-right protests or this kind of thuggery that took place outside the Dáil last week and Joe Brawley was among the guests I spoke to on the show. Um, take a little listen to what he had to say. I think that you can't have a light touch around this. You know, it has to be dealt with fairly and firmly in accordance with the law and these hate laws couldn't come on board soon enough. And the interesting thing about the hate laws, you know, people 
these the senators, Senator Ronan Mullen, Senator Sharon Keegan, Senator Crawwell, people like that are the most fervent arguers against them. And there's a reason for that. I mean, and you see that you see also they have legitimate concerns about them. <laughs> well, you know, you could you can use that phrase. I don't believe that for a second. That was Joe Brawley on the show uh, last week. Um, I know, Senator, you, you took issue with uh, quite a bit of what Joe Brawley had to say. He, he was right, though, in that description of you as as uh, a fervent opponent of these hate speech laws, wasn't he? To that very limited extent, he was correct. And it's an example, I suppose, of telling an orchard of lies on the basis of using one seed of truth, uh, but planting it in a particular way in people's minds. Look, the reason I'm on this show, as you know, is that I took issue and I said, this is, you know, attacking somebody attacking another other people's reputation, Senator Keogh and Senator Crockwell. Um, look, Joe Brawley is known for being a sports pundit. There's a, an exaggeration kind of style going in hard and people can take him or leave him. We all know that. But when you veer into the area of political commentary, kind of serious analysis of social problems, mm. you have a duty not to attack people's reputations uh, unless you have you, you produce evidence. And certainly what was going on in that interview, Joe, started with uh, horrible stories about thugs beating up Muslim women with, with bats. He then moved to the very small, but nonetheless regrettably there, thuggish element that was, uh, you know, that we yeah. saw last week. And then he mentioned people, myself included very briefly, my colleague Senator Keoghan, and like there was a clear suggestion that A, we weren't sincere whenever we spoke about transgender controversies, the danger of the hate speech legislation for free speech, um, a suggestion that we were in it for the money or followed the money, was there some kind of shadowy source of money in, in the background, um, a suggestion that we were kind of comfortable uh, giving cover for some very nasty people. Now, that isn't acceptable in in political debate, you know, you can't ask questions like that unless there's somebody there to give an answer and say, no, that is absolutely well, not true. That's exactly what you're doing here. So I'm doing here to because give an I, answer. I, yes, but I am because I because I, I got on to you guys to say, listen, it's not acceptable that somebody could look at if, if we were dealing with a more serious analyst, you'd be looking at is there are there legal issues here? Look, at, I want to get on with the argument and say a guy like ah, Joe Brawley, a guy like Joe Brawley can't move seamlessly from the area of kind of making whatever claim he wants in the sporting arena to actually attacking serious people with serious points to make. Take for example, Joe Brawley has been commentating on issues beyond sport for his whole life. Uh, well, he's also a barrister and barristers are expected to be truthful and to be factual. You can't just make and swinging he would, he accusations. Would, he would say that everything okay. he said can was truthful. Do, can, you, can I just say now, okay. you were doing to me what you did not do to him. Can I just make that point? He got a free run uh, to sneer and he was sneering at people. Take, for example, the issue of, of transgender. Um, we have a very respected, I see Brenda Power, Brenda Power writing about it in the mail today, a very respected Professor of endocrinology, Donald O'Shea, yeah. who is seriously worried that an activist-led element is taking over the HSE response in this issue. And no action apparently uh, been taken by the government. Joe Brawley would take us w- quoting him and turn that into some kind of hateful comment that is out to att- att- attack people with gender dysphoria. Now, Donald O'Shea was on this station as well, making that point uh, yesterday. Yes. Uh, so he was. I think what Joe Brawley might say is that 
it's not that you're kind of quoting Donald O'Shea, it's that, and he, he read quotes from another senator, but it's that if you were to look at your Twitter feed, for example, you know, there's no mention of things like housing or healthcare crises or things like this. Well, that's not there, true. Just like, there's just See, an and, and obsession again, with trans issues yeah, no, again, and that, hate speech. Again, that's not true. And I, again, here you are asking me the hard questions and with respect to you that you didn't ask Joe Brawley. Bring us on together and we'll put his arguments to the test. But this is a guy now, let's be fair, you know, who has perhaps his mean side. It's not that long ago since he commented on the facial appearance as ugly of a fellow sports professional. It, there's a bit of mouthing going on, but when you get into the political arena and you talk about... This serious, is a funny, it's a funny way now to try and occupy the moral high ground. No, 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 up those no, no. What I'm trying to tell you is this. Isn't it? You've got, no, I'm just trying to say there's a mean side that has to be called out. I didn't lose any sleep over this interview, but I think you have to say to people, look... You're not doing a great job of acting like you're not thin-skinned. OK, well, you see, this is you because you had to bring me on now saying I'm going to go hard on this guy can I just tell you is Joe Brawley interested in the case of Chloe Cole a young woman aged 19 who had her breast taken off in a mastectomy aged 15 who says her life has been ruined because doctors told her told her parents you know you can have a live daughter or a dead daughter or a live transgender son like there are serious issues surfacing in our society and transgender is one of them another issue that he brought up is the issue of pornographic and highly suspect from a child protection point of mm. view material uh, being made available in libraries and some people and I wasn't on the ground I've no doubt there are people who who protest in the wrong way but Joe Brawley seems to have no realisation that there are many parents who are seriously concerned that such age inappropriate stuff is available in libraries to children as young as 12 and our politicians won't speak up about it now those are important issues but you, you accuse me of not or you tell me that I don't think he did accuse me of not being interested in other issues but you know I'm involved in the assisted dying issue I have done a report for the Council of Europe on palliative care I speak regularly on issues associated with human dignity so I don't think you should shill for his very personalised attack and I'll give you another point you know, again, by all means, let's talk about the far right to the extent that it becomes a problem. And I would deplore the far right. But, you know, Joe Brawley talks an awful lot and people would see him as a supporter of Sinn Féin. I haven't heard him mention, for example, the time that the future Sinn Féin TD, Angus O'Snoddy, was involved in mm. a violent altercation outside the Dáil, or the time the left-wing Paul Murphy it was involved with others in barricading the then Minister Joan now, Joe Burton. Joe Brawley's not a member of Sinn Féin. He has kind of quite oh, well, now you're said you're, that. You're, you're, no. You're doing a lot more for Joe today than you did for for a few senators last week, which is interesting in its own way. Um, no, I, I think the point about it is, if you if you're interested in truth, you will you will make your argument in a way that respects the facts. You will not paint a picture that starts off with thuggish violence and people being beaten up with bats, then takes a group of thugs um, uh, being, being, being ugly and aggressive uh, on outside the doll, and then suggests that because politicians who raise certain issues that those thugs might, might, or, not bring, might or might not bring up, mm. it's a kind of intimidation that he's engaging in. It's you shut up or we'll paint you into the corner with these people. And that is the opposite, that vitriol, that's the opposite of promoting a debate. Why are we concerned about the hate speech legislation? It is because people like parents who are worried, for example, that their children might you know, be in female spaces and where biological males could come in and harm them. It might not happen a lot. It might happen a lot. But what we don't have is a government that's concerned about mm. it. Now, for Joe Brawley to say that people then who reflect those concerns politically are some kind of hate mongers or people who promote violence 
violent isn't just irresponsible, it's toxic. You know, and Joe has, if he wants to talk politics and cultural analysis and address the problems of violence in our society, he must, he, he, he can't do that by suggesting untruthfully, on air and unchallenged, I might say, that some politicians are in it for the money or there's shadowy sources of money behind them, certainly not in my case, that some politicians are actually out to promote hatred. I have always called out hatred and violence. I despise the, the far left as much as the far right because what have they got in common? They will ultimately resort to violence to support their point of view. And Joe Brawley may or may not be a supporter of a political party, which at one stage also resorted to political violence when people in the SDLP like John Hume and Seamus Mallon did not. So, you know, I'd say you'd have done better last week to bring Joe Brawley on with somebody who could put him to the test with his claims. All right. And he'd have got a very different kind of interview. Well, I hate to wrap things up by breaking it to you, but we are always going to speak to people on this show about controversial things, and we're not always going to have uh, their political opponent here but to challenge them, man. Them. Challenge them. Don't just let them away with giving them dolly shots. You didn't do it to me today, nor should you, but don't do it to Brawley either. He's out to entertain, he's out to get clickbait, he's out to make a few quid. Yeah. Fine. But when you're talking about serious political issues, you don't libel other people. I, you don't attack their reputations unless you have evidence. Yeah. And then by all means, go for it. Well, listen, I am not as thin-skinned as you, so I won't tell you how much I resent you. It's not a question of thin-skinned. It's not a question of thin-skinned. It's a question of calling it out. And, and thank you for the opportunity. And I like coming on your show. But, I, you know, frankly... Well, you threatened to sue us if we didn't. You were talking no, about defamation. I said, I said this raises legal no, listen, issues because it talk, did. Yeah. It did. And, and, and the fact is, if we were talking about a more maybe serious political political pundit, you'd have to, because people's reputation matters. You know, you have to ask yourself the question, how would you feel if somebody thought that you were engaged in kind of some kind of nod and wink attitude to violence? That's a serious thing. And I don't think you can lighten it by suggesting that I have a thin skin. I haven't. I came on to call the guy out because he should have been called out by you. You do a great job, but on that particular occasion, you left hard questions unasked. All no right. disrespect. Well, I, uh, just because you say no disrespect doesn't mean you're not disrespectful. No, I do respect you, but, no, I, but uh, it was Ronan, my reputation stake and other colleagues yeah. be fair and uh, yeah I'd be fair and you've been here for 14 minutes and I appreciate defend, it. defending your and reputation and I hope it's not my last interview with you <laughs> it, it, uh, I'll tell you what that is the one thing I guarantee you it absolutely won't be your last well, interview we'll shake hands uh, with thank me uh, I will absolutely have you back on air on a whole range of different thank issues so. uh, Senator Ronan Mullen thank you very much uh, for joining us here on the show The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.